Lord, we thank you again for the opportunity to meet as your people. We thank you again that you have given us your word. We are thankful for that um, guide, as it were, and uh, help us then to better understand uh, this guide and give us the ability to grow and our, our ability to um, to interpret and to understand. We wouldn't just um, either have a passing superficial knowledge nor uh, a, a, a knowledge that is wrong about your word. And so we pray, Lord, that uh, we would do this to, to honor you because it's your word. And uh, we pray that you would be merciful to us in this way and grow us in grace and um, we just pray for your mercies here in, the, in, in this. We pray this then in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> um, we've been looking here then uh, at our how to study the Bible uh, topic, and we've been focusing on some of the different genres. We spent a little bit of time talking about parables, and now here we're on Proverbs. And... Uh, as I've said now uh, for a few weeks, th- these two are very similar. Uh, a parable is more of a story, whereas a proverb is more of a statement, a general principle, but they are very similar in the sense that we're looking for one key idea in each of them, and we're not to read into all the details and so forth, especially in a parable, but even in a proverb. So as we've been looking at the proverbs, there are different kinds. And uh, just doing a brief look here and, and uh, trying to develop our skill in this way. So we've, we looked at some, <clears throat> some proverbs that you have the two lines, and sometimes there's three, but usually two lines. And the first line says something, the second line basically repeats it, rhymes the idea, which again, the scholars have used the term parallelism. So they're synonymous, they're synthetic. They, they're basically saying the same thing. And then we looked at those that are opposite, right? Those proverbs that say something in the first line, but you have the opposite. So the righteous does this, but the wicked do that, or you know, something to that effect. And so it's an antithesis, an opposite. <clears throat> so let's uh, jump down now to uh, what I have here fourth on the list, and those that are not uh, in parallel. They're, they're, they're not rhyming an idea. It's just the proverbs, the whole verse, basically. So let's look at a few examples of these. Let's turn to chapter 10 here first. All right, chapter 10, and uh, if you look at verse 26, here's one example. Somebody read that for us, please. So first of all, you see the second line, the so is the lazy man part, right? It's not saying the same thing as the first line. It's continuing the thought, right? So it's, it's different in that way compared to the ones we've been looking at. Um, so then that's the first thought. The second thought is, right, how are we going to summarize this? If we were to boil this down into a, a short uh, few words or something, how would you summarize this proverb? What's the general principle? Yeah, Eric. There you go. My thought was incompetent people are irritating. So, 
Hey, yeah, that's right. Um, they're like smoke in the eyes. Obviously, I'm sure all of us have been around a campfire at some point in time and gotten smoke in our eyes. Uh, very irritating. Um, we might not drink vinegar <laughs> and it affects our teeth. Maybe if we suck on a lemon too long, it can impact our teeth and irritate them or something like that. But, um, but yeah, that's the idea. It's irritating. And so a lazy man to those who send him. So if you send someone out to do a job or whatever and they're lazy and they don't do it, obviously it's irritating. Um, so maybe you think of your children. <laughs> hey, the garbage is still not taken out. <laughs> um, or maybe you think of an employee or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so the, the application certainly can be broad. But again, the, the point here is it's the whole verse is giving us the proverb, um, not just the first line, and then the second line says something in relation to it. All right, let's look then at chapter 19, verse 27. As I've said before, I, I, I'm not really picking any of these all that particularly, just somewhat randomly. Um, to give you some examples. So chapter 19, verse 27. If somebody would read that one then, please. So again, you see, right? The second line is furthering the first line, not um, rhyming with it, basically. Um, so how would we summarize this one? knowledge in general um, but yeah mm-hmm. yeah I cease listening to instruction I, I my thought in terms of some application here is the it's cool to be dumb phase in school and uh, we've had to speak of that with our children because they often some of their classmates will say you know Something along those lines. You know, oh, I don't really want to study for the test, or I don't really want to learn that. I don't like that topic or subject or whatever. It's like, hey, God's made all these things. He's made the world. We should grow in our knowledge no matter what. And if we cease growing in our knowledge, then um, we're going to stray. And, and, and that can be true, obviously, on Bible things, but it can also be true uh, I, I hope my pharmacist does not stray from knowledge when he's right putting that those drugs in the bottle or you know whatever right we, the the bridge builder I hope he uh, knows his calculus really well before I drive over it you know so it you know it has application in those ways too so uh, yeah Susan. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, let's see, it says, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. I can, I can see why you say that. <laughs> What do you have, NAS? Cease listening, my son, to discipline. It does, yeah, and um, mm -hmm. so I guess my, yeah. my question is when you look at the Hebrew, which idea is more faithful? Well, it does start with the imperative, so cease my son uh, to hear discipline, to err from knowledge of uh, from words of knowledge. So, you will stray is, is a bit of a paraphrase because of the infinitive there. But I would say, as I'm looking, I'm looking at the New King James, ESV, NAS, NIV, New RSV. And they're all saying basically the same thing. It's the Old King James that's... Yeah, it, it's, it's a little different in that way. Um, and it could be... Um, I... Um, I'm sure I've mentioned this, but I think it's been a, quite a while. But the old King James was only based on about a handful of manuscripts when they translated it. The new King James, by contrast, it's thousands. So it's much more accurate. So it's possible that when the old King James was done, they had a manuscript that was a little bit different. Um, so, <clears throat> so I think... I would lean toward what the New King James says, basically. Um, and so, yeah, if, you know, if, if you don't listen to instruction, you're going to go astray. Um, that's, I think, the main main point. Again, it can apply to the Bible, can apply to other things. Um, all right, other thoughts or questions? All right, let's look then at chapter 20 and verse 10. Yeah. Now, you might remember, I believe it was last week, we saw a very similar parable, or sorry, proverb, <laughs> and yet it was a contrast. Okay? It was the statement of these unequal weights and measures, but, and then you had the next line. Um, I believe that was chapter 19, verse 12, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, this one you see the difference there's no contrast being given there's no rhyming in the second line in any way it just continues the thought diverse new king james says diverse weights and diverse measures 
they are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Um, so yeah, if they're diverse, if they're unequal, as the ESV says, if they're not fair and just and balanced, right, then obviously uh, God hates that. So um, obviously this is something you can get at the store. They weigh your food and they add an extra whatever, you know, tenth of a pound or something. And over time that adds up. So, God doesn't like it. The point's pretty straightforward. Uh, and, of course, we just talked about it a little bit last week. But note the difference um, in terms of how it's presented to us. All right, let's uh, look then at chapter 28. Here now. And uh, <clears throat> verse 15. I can get someone to read that one, please. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear, is a book of is a wicked ruler over poor people. All right, again, see, just keeps going. So that same same pattern here, no rhyming of ideas in the two lines. So, what then is the main point? Wicked rulers are dangerous, okay, especially to those who can't defend themselves. Okay. Um, they're a danger. Maybe you could say they're scary. <laughs> you know, something to that effect. Um, roaring lions don't always charge you, they, but they certainly scare you. Uh, bears, uh, obviously it's a charging bear. That's, that's the emphasis. So whether they're roaring from a distance or coming right at you, <clears throat> wicked people are wicked rulers um, are harmful to those who are, NAV says, helpless people. Um, and uh, uh, the, the word could mean lowly or weak or poor, uh, powerless, insignificant, helpless. You know, it, it can mean a variety of things. Um, and, and so it's not just monetarily poor, but they're unable to defend themselves. All right, any, any comments or questions so far? All right, let's do one more then, as we've been doing five here for each of these categories. Let's turn to chapter 29 and verse 1. So if someone would read that one, please. So once again, right, it's continuing the thought. It's not rhyming from one line to the next in some way. Um, so um, how would we summarize this one then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Obstinacy or contumacy. Yeah. Some uh, terms that we use. Yeah. Someone who doesn't listen is going to get in trouble in some way or another. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here it's, it's uh, New King James says destroyed. ESV says broken. Um, so it, it may not be ultimate destruction, but uh, 
shattered, you could even say. All right. Again, our, our whole point here is just to, to give us the skill of interpreting this particular genre. And again, we, we don't read a certain section of the newspaper the same as we do something else. You don't read a romance novel the same way you do a, a, a um, uh, you know, sci-fi book or something like that. You, know, you read them differently. Some things are the same, but, um, but we read them differently. And, and so here's some of the, the key thoughts in regard to the Proverbs. Now, I do want to uh, do one more thing in this way. And uh, it, it's everything that I've said so far can apply in these situations. And that is uh, Proverbs that are longer than one verse. And uh, so let's turn to chapter 22 and uh, look at some that are two verses apiece. And uh, Proverbs 22 and verse 22 and 23... Notice it says here, um, Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted at the gate. So that's your first thought. And then, For the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. So what we just did, right? these ones that are not parallel, well, this isn't parallel either. Right? It's not rhyming an idea. It's the first line, and then the second line is how God's going to respond to that. So do not rob the poor or oppress the afflicted because God's going to be on their side. Okay, so if you're going to harm people, God will be against you. Maybe is a way we could summarize this one. Okay. Now let's look at the next two verses. Verses 24 and 25. Somebody read those two for us. Again, it's this same not rhyming category here, right? So um, how would we summarize verses 24 and 25? Chapter 22? Yeah, verses uh, 24 and 25. How would we summarize this? summarizes choose your friends carefully or something to that effect yeah because as you just said Susan um, obviously the Proverbs is anger but it could be something else you know someone who's um, um, you know 
careless with their words, um, just maybe a lot of swear words or something like that. Um, you tend to pick up with that. You know, I, I remember working uh, in other places, and sometimes I would not be at work, and I'd come out with a word. I'm like, oh, that's because I keep hearing it from so-and-so I'm working with. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to say that. But you're influenced by them. Um, yes, yeah. Both Nathaniel and Anna have said some of their co-workers at Subway or Pizza Joe's or whatever, they're like, boy, some of their language is just really foul. And, yeah. and uh, Anna has talked about uh, some of her co-workers at Subway just being more negative, like you're saying. Um, so, yep. So sometimes you're forced to be friends with people you might not normally, and it influences you. But especially when you have the option of choosing your friends, you know, be careful. Um, yeah. Can you hold your question? Okay. I'm almost there. Okay. Well, I was just wondering if that's an example. Yep. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let's do one more here, and that's verses 26 and 27, and then we'll do what Nalene's wanting. So uh, uh, somebody read verses 26 and 27 here, uh, please. Do not be one of those who <coughs> in a pledge, one of those who is surety sure for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should you take away your bed from under you? You see again, we're we're, not, we're in this not parallel, not rhyming category, but it's just more than a verse. Okay? So you have uh, the first line, verse twenty-six, and the second line is verse twenty-seven. Basically, it's just longer. Um, so how would we summarize this one then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why should he take your bed, he says. Why should he take, you know, whatever um, if you uh, can't um, be a surety for, for that other person? So um, I'm sure many of us as parents have done this for our children. Yeah, maybe a student loan or their first car loan or something to that effect. Um, it's certainly not uncommon to happen. <laughs> um, and in, and in that sense, you would expect it. But, you know, if, you, if your child is very irresponsible, you might want to think very carefully about that. Uh, but um, I think the implication here is someone outside of your family, especially, be careful uh, about doing that. Yeah. 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 Yep. 
Yeah, we use our credit cards for like a, um, a check or a debit card. You know, we pay it off every month. And at least with one of ours, you know, we get so much, well, two of them, we get certain monies back. Um, and uh, so that's why we do it. But, but we pay it off each month. And so like you're saying, you don't get, don't get stuck. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, we live in such a culture that is that lives with debt as a normal thing, and uh, it's like even Anna, with trying to find a car for her, you know, she has no credit history. Well, what do you do? <laughs> so, <clears throat> anyway. Well, without going down those <laughs> important rabbit trails, um, our main point here is, is, again, the Proverbs that cover more than one verse. So let's then turn to chapter 1 and uh, um, pick up with Aileen's question here. And, and <clears throat> there are certainly portions of the Proverbs that are far more than just two verses, <laughs> Um, and and uh, basically, it starts here in chapter 1 and uh, runs all the way through chapter um, chapter 8, chapter 9. And it's all about uh, being wise and the different aspects of that. Okay. So, um, maybe I'll do it this way. Naylene, wh- what was your specific question here well, in this way? Yes, I I would say it's some of both, depending on what you read. Because I was thinking about the, the also this section and also Proverbs thirty one mm-hmm. about the godly woman or whatever. Yes. Um, it seems like it's one long proverb there. Yes. And it seems like this is one long theme, but many proverbs about mm-hmm. the one long theme. Yeah. And so that yeah. was my question, like. Um, do they make distinctions like that? You know, even Proverbs, oh, I forget where it is, but it's, you know, there are six things, even seven, that the Lord hates, things he cannot cannot stand. Mm -hmm. Proud looking eyes, lying tongue, you know, fed shed, and it says, well, hard the things and wicked things to do. I mean, that's all one, to me, that would seem like all one problem. Mm -hmm. These are all the things that Mm -hmm. God hates. Yep. You know, it's a list of them. Yeah. Uh, But it's numerous verses. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so to answer your question, it depends. So I would agree that Proverbs 31, verses 10 and following, are really one extended proverb. And there are different aspects to that. Uh, you don't necessarily have a compilation of shorter proverbs that are in the same theme. Now, chapters 1 to 9, it's more the, the latter. You do have sections that are longer that are basically one long proverb. But then you have many parts that are, you know, whatever, maybe 10 verses in length, but there are three or four or five proverbs in that. So it depends. Um, so um, so I, in, in one sense, this part, you know, the longer sections, is not anything new. 
based on the skills that I've been trying to talk about. But you do have uh, um, a different way of putting them together, you might say. Um, so, yeah, any other questions on that or, or comments? might be a verse or two in there you could say is yeah, proverb-like, right. but yes, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, whenever we were going through the first nine chapters of right. the Proverbs, you know, yeah. we were taking it smaller. Right. It could be looked at into Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and isn't it interesting, it's those sections of the Proverbs that we tend to like best. <laughs> Because the the other sections in between, for the most part, are you've got a proverb in one verse and another one in the next verse, and it might be very different than the one right before it, and it's hard for us to see it in groups that way. We might memorize and and focus on a particular proverb, but but chapters one to nine, yeah, you know, Nathaniel, go read this, you know. Let's talk about this, Matthew. You know, it, it's very fitting for us. Or how many of you ladies have been in some women's Bible study and you've talked about Proverbs 31? And, and you know, it's, if you will, it's made for those things. Um, all right. Well, again, our, our purpose here is primarily to um, uh, focus on the main, um, can you say, approach to interpreting uh, Proverbs, and that's look for the main idea in these different ways. So, any final comments or questions about this before we look at the next one? All right. Well, the next. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, a commercial. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't use that term, but it, when I started this, you may recall I said that really the Proverbs are specific applications of the Ten Commandments. And so it's a pithy statement about, you know, well, we, we talked about the diverse weights and measures. You know, well, that's, that's the Eighth Commandment, right? Stealing. So, yeah. Yes, Susan. So how would the Proverbs have been Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, the commandments, they were preached, or so these have been preached or used in their schools for 
Well, I think probably all the above, yeah. They would have been taught in the home to the children, um, but also in their synagogues, they would have been, you know. Okay, we're going to talk about, I mentioned the Eighth Commandment. We're going to talk about the Eighth Commandment today, and look look at these Proverbs that speak to it, or, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, from what we understand, it, it would have been similar um, as to what we might try to do in that way. Um, All right, well, let's uh, we'll just get started here. Uh, but our next, um, get my thing out of the way here. We've done narrative, epistles, poetry, parables, and proverbs now. And we ha- have another P here. And it's a big fancy word here. And it's not pericope or periscope even. <laughs> Uh, it's pericope is the big fancy term here. And a pericope is what typically uh, we think of in the Gospels. It's a contained unit of thought. And they're kind of put together. One section and then the next section and so forth. So um, uh, if you, uh, let's turn to Matthew 13 here just a moment. And uh, I'll show you the, the general thought here in our last few minutes. Um, we looked at this, of course, a little bit ago here with the, uh, um, the parables. Now, the question for us is, did Jesus say all of these at one time? Or did he say them at different times? Well, the fact that he was preaching and teaching for roughly three and a half years, he probably did some of both. You know, he'd go to one town and maybe he would say the parable of the sower and the wheat and the tares and the mustard seed. Then he went to another town and maybe he only said the first two of those. And he went to another town, maybe he said all of them in the chapter. You know, it, it probably varied to some degree. Um, but, but that's something we, we don't really know. We can't really answer how he did it. But something like that. Uh, is probably the case. So, um, <clears throat> Matthew, though, would pull that together and say, hey, I want to put them all in this chapter. For Matthew, um, he has the five key teaching sections. So you have the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 to 7. You have the parables, sorry, you have the um, the, the ministry of mission there in chapter 10. He cho- chooses the apostles and gives them instructions. And now here you have the parables of the kingdom in chapter 13. Okay, chapter 18, you have another teaching section. And then, of course, you have the, uh, the Olivet Discourse, right? Chapters 24 and 25. Um, so anyway, it, it's, it's quite likely that Jesus didn't necessarily say all of those things at one time now he could have but Matthew at the very least is putting them all together so if you take the parable of the sower that's what we call a pericope verses 1 to 9 that section then you have verses 10 uh, to 17 well that's the next section now just read what we have he spoke verse 3 he spoke them in parables and he gave it right And then in verse 10, the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Well, obviously that didn't happen at exactly the same time. Now, maybe it was a few minutes later, but it could have been 
later in the day or even the next day or whatever, right? And so Matthew puts this together. This is the next pericope, we call it, the next section of, of teaching. And, uh, and it's possible that that happened and then verses 18 to 23 happened at an even different time. We don't know. Obviously, Jesus said it. That's, that's not the question. It's just, how did it fit together? Well, Matthew fits it together this way. And so they're different sections. Again, the fancy word is pericope, but it's different sections, and they put it together. So the challenge for us then, the, the goal of interpreting this genre, which again is primarily the Gospels, but not just that, is not only do we interpret verses 1 to 9, what does that mean? But how does it fit with the pericopes that precede and follow it? So when I preached through Matthew, I was doing this all the time. I said, hey, you see how this then flows into this and how it fits together and so forth. So in Matthew uh, 12, verses 46 and following, right, who, who are my brother and sisters? Verse 50, whoever does the will of my father. Well, who does the will of my father? Well, those who bear fruit, right? So the fourth soil here. Um, those who are the wheat, verses 24 and following. Right? You see how it fits together. We're, we're not just looking at the narrow, sec, narrow grouping of verses, but we also then see how it fits together because in this case, Matthew did it very deliberately. Um, and so our... Uh, our goal here in interpreting the Gospels is not just the story in that section, but how they fit together as well. So we'll have to stop there today, um, but I, I will expand on this and we'll do some of this. Uh, I've done it here very briefly in this way, but I wanted to do it um, by comparing two Gospels. Um, I think that'll be helpful for us. Okay, well, let's pray as we conclude then. Lord, we thank you for, um, again, your word. We are so thankful that you have not left us in the dark. You've given it to us, but you've also given us the challenge and, and task of understanding it the way you intended it. And um, uh, move us beyond that just superficial kind of reading to um, reading carefully what your word has for us and that we would learn the different uh, challenges and skills for each part of your word. And uh, as we have been looking at Proverbs and now uh, segue into uh, the Gospels, we pray that you would help uh, us in this. That Again, we would rightly divide your word. And as we read in the one parable, that we would not go astray in our knowledge, um, but we would not be lazy in that way, not cease learning, but would grow in our learning here in these ways. So, Lord, we, we pray for your, your grace and enabling. We pray now, then, as we uh, come together to worship you corporately, that, that you would uh, work in us and your spirit would work in us, that we would come um, before you and, and, uh, and give you the praise that you deserve and listen to your word to us. And as we speak to you, all these things, that you would be glorified in it. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.